This is a really great chat. Sakisa's a real one. Very honest in her opinions. Uh, in particular, my look. Uh, we get into that. We also talk about agents. Um, we both had the same agent. And um, they let Sakisa go. And we talk about that and how she felt about it and moving on. And we also get into a nice chat about uh, our worth. And I, I talk about a TV show experience that really... Um, really sort of pissed me off especially at the time but it it was uh, like a prime example of your somebody uh, diminishing your worth yeah i mean there's no hate there but it was it was just something that happened to me on a show um we of course talk about edinburgh and doing comedy and her career and it's yeah it's a really good chat i'm really enjoying these sort of solo chats um oh also we do talk about uh, my, how can I put this? My lack of fame, especially on social media. I'm like the most famous, unfamous person on social media. I've done all the big TV shows, but no one gives a shit. Uh, she mentions that. She talks about how she always thought I would have more followers, and I don't. <laughs> uh, it's great. Uh, but thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, there are going to be some changes. Something there is going there is a big change happening with the podcast, guys. Um, I won't say it now, but in the next sort of month or so, there'll be some form of an announcement. So look out for that. Uh, please keep supporting uh, myself and Ishan. Um, we really appreciate it, and yeah, this is fun. I'm currently recording this in Edinburgh at my flat. Uh, I, so today. Uh, I've got one more week of Edinburgh. One more week of Edinburgh, and then I'm done. I'm really fucking done. I'm so done with it. I'm so ready to go home. Uh, I'm already sick of my show. I want to do a new show. I want to make my new show better. That is, yeah. Already I'm like, okay, I'm determined to come back next year, which is not something comedians ever say. Uh, Edinburgh is always like, uh, it's basically like going to Guantanamo. Nobody ever leaves Guantanamo and they're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to go back there in a year. That's Edinburgh. But for some reason, I'm like, no, no, I'm coming back next year. Anyway, here's the episode with Sikisa. So enjoy. Shame is delicious. Uh, welcome to another episode of Shame and Delicious with me, Darren Harry, and my special guest, Sikisa. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, finally. It's black in the flat. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, <laughs> it's not happened yet. Jeez. Oh, wow. Uh, how's it going? I'm tired. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I am very, very tired. What, what time did you go to bed? Yesterday, I got to bed at like 3.30, 4. I, I haven't been home at 3.34 since I've been at the Fringe. I've been... Yesterday, I was in my bed at 10 p.m. Well, because obviously... That's I'm, a lie. No, it wasn't a lie. No, no, you have been in. When did you see? When have you seen me out at three p.m.? At three p.m. At three a.m. Sorry, when have you seen me out that late? Was it Sunday? We were at Assembly Bar, and we were meant to do this podcast. And... Fair. That was that was <laughs> that was two thirty, but I'll take it. That was fair. Yeah, because I I kept walking. This is how much of a loser I am. I kept walking around. People going, "This is the latest I've stayed out." <laughs> 
I get going up to everybody going, this is the latest I've been out on fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairness, fair, yeah. I probably went to bed about three o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I left yeah. at two, half two. Like, we were meant to do this at 11 o'clock in the morning. And then I looked at you. I yeah. saw you in, still in assembly bar at like 2.30. And I was like, let's not lie to ourselves. That's gonna, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, yeah, let's do this at 11. And then we're like, let's do it at 1. And we're like, it's not no, going to no, happen, no, is it? No. no. <laughs> yeah, because that, that was my day off. I oh, think. was it? The day, yeah, the next day. Monday was a sort of pleasant day off. Oh, so then you went hard on that day? Yeah. Yeah, the one day off. But other than that, because I live... 30 seconds away from my venue, I have just been coming straight home. So you literally just do the show and just come home? I do the show, I come home, and then I look at my pedometer and go, how many steps have I done? If it says anything under 10,000, I go do a little block. Oh my God. And then I might walk up to Brooks and just go through, and then I walk round. But yeah, nine, and I, I say, obviously if I see someone that I haven't seen in a while, we have a chat. Like I see you in there and I have a chat. But other than that, yeah, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in my house by... Well, I finish at half eight. I'm in my house by quarter to nine. Latest, because sometimes I talk to my agent for a little bit outside. And I'm in. And then I'm really making myself out to be a cool guy. Yeah, this is so cool. But sometimes I come back and there's a chicken defrosted. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best thing. There's, there's food defrosted. You know what? I've been thinking about trying to defrost my chicken, but I don't know what time when to do it because I know something's going to happen when someone's like, hey, do you want to come out for a drink? And then that means I'm going to be out all night. You can def- or defrost it in a fridge. Yeah, I can defrost it in the fridge, but... Just leave it in the fridge. Make sure all your windows... Because if you want to put it outside, I know that if I want if I want to do it, I've got an hour. So I leave... My, I'm supposed to be at my venue 20 past. That's when it's supposed to. That's when I'm supposed to be there. Okay. And we start doing tech for. We got 20 minutes. I leave at quarter past. Mm-hmm. So I know that. Mm, I, I, I could just leave it for a nice hour, hour and a bit. Okay. And I'll be back not too long. If it's if it's warm outside. Yeah. I planned all of this. Oh, God. Sometimes I go chicken legs. I get them frosted, frozen, and then I put them out there. So when I come back, I can put them in the oven nicely. And in case you're wondering, I have thought about putting the chicken in the oven while I'm on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I have thought about doing that, and I'm I like, "Let's say you come back to a roast dinner." <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have thought. I'm like, "What if I put it on just like sixty yeah. for an hour and ten minutes?" <laughs> oh, that was that's not gonna burn the house down. No, right? no. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, no, I tell you what, fair play, because I would think the same thing. Like, I could be like, "I'm gonna make a whole dinner whilst I'm on stage." Sikita, how far are you from your venue? Like distance so my venue is what near calgate yeah and i'm staying on princess street so it's technically depending on which way i walk i like to take my time in, and walk there so yeah. it's normally like 15 20 minutes you're okay that's even that's really close i yeah, used to be I, marchman over the you know over the meadows yeah. Marchman road and that was about 25 minutes each day and i really like the walk i like the walk yeah but i have to do show. I end up doing shows afterwards. Yeah, you are. So, uh, Sakisha, of course, uh, a very funny comedian. You are one of the only acts I can think of who, like, still gigs like a, a, a new act. <laughs> As in, like, you gig everywhere and a lot. People, I'm you just... host a lot. You even host, you still host the Comedy Virgin shows? I still, I still host you Comedy You still host the Comedy, you're like a pro TV comedian and you host Comedy Virgin <laughs> shows. You'll run around, you'll do, oh, Sikisa is, Sikisa's working as if like she's got a family back home to pay for or something. <laughs> like you, I've noticed that about you. You do, 
You do a lot of gigs still that a lot of acts who have your sort of profile would be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that anymore. I mean, I only, so especially coming up to the run of this year, because mm. like this year was the sophomore show. Yeah. I was still doing like the, the club gigs, like the big club gigs. Yeah. And then I had, I felt like I had to do the other gigs just because some things were like, I needed to like, if it doesn't work in a club for me, then it's not working on stage. Yeah. So I was like, it has to be solid, solid. But um, when I come back, I'm not doing certain gigs anymore. I'm tired. You're tired. Good. <laughs> I'm tired. You get to that point where you can start going, actually, I don't want to do these days yeah, anymore. No. I remember talking to Susie Roffle and Susie said, I can't remember which day she said to me, but she goes, Darren, you know what? I'm at that point now where I just, I don't, I don't do any gigs on like a Tuesday, Monday, yeah. Tuesday anymore. I'm Mine's just... a Sunday, Monday. Sunday, Monday. A lot of comics do that. I, I do not do Sundays anymore. <laughs> Because I used to do a lot of like like London, Central London, 99 gigs on a Sunday. And I was like, why am I doing this? I like I love 99 Club, but we're not doing Sundays. <laughs> why am I doing this Sunday I'm not gigs? doing the Sundays. Full of, full of tourists <laughs> who, who, who are too cheap to book a weekend flight. They have to book Monday because it's cheaper. <laughs> and they don't want to be in London anymore because it's all, you know, it's last all its sort of glamour on a yeah. Sunday, Sunday at 8 p.m. Yeah. watching comp. Yeah. So in, a, I, in a club bar. <laughs> what? Let, oh, God. Yeah. Um, what are you? So you said this is your soph sophomore show. Yeah. How are you finding coming back? So you came last year, did mm -hmm. your debut, of course, yeah. at the Edinburgh Fringe, which is a big deal, and then you came back again, and you're doing your sophomore, which I I remember I hated my sophomore. Uh, it just felt like nobody cared. <laughs> oh yeah, it does feel like no one cares. <laughs> it's horrible, dude. Yeah. I tell you what, it, it does feel like no one cares. But everyone was like, "Oh, it's the difficult show." Like the second year is always the people kept saying yeah. the sophomore year is always the difficult one. And I I completely agree with you. Like the stress and like having to figure out what I want to do mm. to do the show. But I actually quite enjoy my show, and I really do. I think it kind of I think it represents me more than the last year's show, and it's a more personal, vulnerable show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Did you know last year when you were doing your debut that you were going to come back this year? Because I think that makes a big difference. So, for example, I, I tell people this, I've never written a show in September, October, November, December. All of my shows start in March. In March? Because I never, I never want to do The Fringe. This show that I'm doing now, January and February, I did the Pleasant, you know, the yeah. preview. I did the February, I did the Leicester Comedy Festival. Yeah. I was just doing random bits because I wasn't too sure if I was actually going to do the fringe. But you I, knew you were touring, right? Yeah, I knew I was touring, but for yeah. my tour, because I, I haven't toured in four years, I was just going to do a mixture of everything anyway. Oh, fine. So the tour thing was different. The fringe, we didn't start until March, April, May. Every one of my shows, we do not go hard because I go, they go, are you, do you want to do the fringe or what are we doing? And I go, yeah, okay. And then, I, and then I'll start writing it. So, but for the first time, Next year's show, I'm coming to the Fringe. And I've told myself I'm starting writing in September okay. because the level of stress I have when I'm counting my previews, I've got 22 previews. And by the time I get to 16, I'm like, I still don't have an ending. Yeah. I wrote my ending up here on my fourth gig, fourth preview. Oh, I, wow. I, it literally ended with, <sighs> hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, <laughs> no punchline, no, no, no punchline. No, no punchline, no callback, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I just had to go. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And uh, I've been Darren Harriet. Find me on all the usual. So that was it. I had no ending. I would just end on this one laugh that made nothing. And now I've got 
a callback. It makes sense. It's, yeah. It works great. But I did that in 2019 as well. Me and my director, Phoebe, he's great. We did the same thing. And I thought to myself, why am I writing shows so late when I've got August is, you know, you know, Edinburgh, it's a yeah. big deal. So this time I'm, I'm already focused in, man. I'm like, right, September, I'm going to start writing a show because I want to come back. And I want to do an afternoon show. I don't want to do a late... You don't uh, want to do after seven? No, because my first preview show I did... My first Edinburgh show was like 9.45. Um, my second one was, I think it was 9 or 9.15. This one's 7.40. And I want to do like 2, 3 p.m. Oh, you're getting old, baby. Getting I think that's what it is. This is what... This is all happening. This is what... So, Sikis... <laughs> so, <laughs> so However, let me go back before you go to that. I'll go to your original question. Okay. I did know... I knew in October I wanted to come. Yeah. And I knew what I wanted to talk about Great. as in the subject. That's a good start. And I knew what I wanted the ending to be. Wow. Holy shit. That's like a, how Christopher Nolan writes his films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everything else in between was a brand new show. Yeah. In eight months, more or less. And I basically, it forced me to write. So when did you start doing previews? Did you get any previews in for the, like, last year? The like, first preview was at Volts Festival. So when that is that? February. I need to get involved in that next February year. February or the beginning of March. The beginning yeah. of mine was the beginning of March, that's what it. Okay. Yeah, mine was at the beginning of so March. So you didn't do, like, a, you didn't, like, a Pleasant run through or any of those? I did do a Pleasant Day. But because obviously I wasn't. Every the, one of those for me has been terrible. Yeah, I did the Pleasance one. It was horrible. <laughs> it's always horrible. And I loved the Pleasance, but that was that 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 day was so horrible. It's I, always bad. I don't yeah. have a show. And then my my agents came. Two of my agents came. One of my producers oh. came, and they, I felt like let's just all go home now. <laughs> oh, and it and it bad. Yeah. When and it, well, to be honest, up until a week before we came up, I I was like I was sat at my last, or my second to last preview with one of my agents, one of my producers, the main one, Owen, yeah. literally in, in the, did the full dress rehearsal and yeah. I sat there and went, I don't want to go, guys. I oh. literally don't want to go. That was horrible. If I'm going to have to deal with that every single day in Edinburgh, I don't want to go. So, so for anyone who doesn't know, just we'll, we'll come back to that, about Edinburgh is you, as comedians, and I'm only talking about comedians, but obviously there's, there's drama and there's, there's dancing and music, whatever up here. As comedians, you generally write a show it will probably cost you, you've got to pay for cost of venues normally, flyers, tickets, posters, artists, uh, uh, um, um, you know, graphic designers to make your poster. Then you've got to pay for your tech guy, your producer. It will, my, my, my editor has cost me anywhere between nearly 15 grand, I think, this whole Accommodation. Oh my God, accommodation. Uh, and then you've got, to, you've got to spend the whole year, or in my case, like six months, <laughs> sort of working out your show if you want to get a director and all. It's the most stressful thing. And then when you get here, you've got to do loads of PR. You've got to go to meetings. You've got to work on your show. You're worried about audience members, flyers, the sort of people you've got coming in, reviewers, checking the stars, your poster designs, where your posters are, your flyers. It's a whole stressful thing that every comic has to go through and it never gets easier at all doesn't matter how famous you are well it probably gets a lot easier if you can sell out a whole room yeah, before yeah. you get here yeah like I, I tell people this all the time i said if i could sell out a whole room you think i'd have pr you yeah think I'd, you think i'd be turning up for and this is the thing like people i think people assume that how i was gonna be like fine because like live at apollo and i'm like no one watched the show because like no one watches tv anymore hold on a second can you i'm just gonna give a round of applause for you saying that Tell my agent that. <laughs> Obsessed with live. The amount of times we book stuff for live at the Apollo, and I go, listen, 
Live at Apollo is great. It's great. It's the, it was the best thing I ever done. Of course, it's the best gig ever. You get a nice chunk of change. You're on the BBC, and it's you. You put yourself in a, a at a level with all these other acts that we all love. Yeah. Right. It's great. But in terms of selling tickets and numbers. No one cares. No one cares. The only thing you can get from Live at Apollo is the clips, and you can post the clips online, and you pray to God that you are in the algorithm's lucky spin that day. I'm never in the algorithm's I, spin. I'm, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm not. not you're, you're getting there, though. You're working on it. I can see your numbers going up. Yeah. You're getting there. But again, we're all just chasing <laughs> algorithms, and it's a nightmare. We could name, I could name 10 comedians now who are flying because they just got lucky with the algorithm. And I'm not saying they're not funny or the content's terrible, but at times, it is just a luck thing with the algorithm. Yeah. But live at the Apollo, TV does not sell tickets anymore. What sells tickets are uh, podcasts, video clips. And when I say video clips, I don't even mean stand-up clips, just funny, funny. stupid video clips. Yeah. Content, because people do not... It, it, it's not like it was... You know, I'll, I'll think of it like this. This is why I think of it. Um, how, how, many, how many hours a week, do, how many hours a day do you watch TV? I hardly watch TV anymore. Exactly. If, if someone said you watch an hour of TV a day, even that I'd go, I don't know. But how many hours are you on your phone? Yeah. It's a big difference. So everything needs to be centered through your, your mobile phone and that kind of content. And that's something that my, I have to tell my agent because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tall, but ticket-wise, it's not I'm not going to lie time. to you. We're gonna get back into. We're gonna get into. We'll this. come to my outfit we'll in come, a sec. We'll come We've into, got plenty of time. We we'll come to the midlife crisis in the middle. Yeah, um, <laughs> because also there's this as well that we need to address. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was looking at your social media, yeah. especially your Instagram, and I was like, Darren has not got as much social media as I thought he should have for all the stuff that he has been doing for the last. Let's say, what, especially three years. Can you say that to my ticket sales as well? <laughs> if you think that about my socials, you should hear about my ticket sales. No, mate. Really? Oh, my gosh. No, right. because I would have just... So, right, so the last thing I saw you on, and this has happened to me because I just happened to be in the house, yeah. was um, that Channel 4 breakfast one. Br- Sunday brunch, yeah. Yeah, Sunday brunch, um, which I've, I've always wanted to be on because that's quite sexy. You, I'm sure you'll do it. <laughs> so much food. But, then you did, so then before that that was dancing on ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Then you love island. Love the island. Um, yeah, after after sun, sun, yeah. After sun. Um. Then there was um. There was another one that you did. Oh, um. The panel show. Oh the, yeah, there's always guessable channel. Guessable. Guessable. Yeah. Four but series. also the one on ITV two. Oh. Um. Never. 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 never yeah. Uh, don't hate the players. Back yeah. in like yeah, twenty twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. One of the two. So like. I'm a one hit and done. <laughs> no, but like you would, especially with like guessables still going and stuff like yeah. that. All of this was still going. Dancing on Ice was ITV and you did do quite like, we did yeah. halfway through, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lasted, I lasted to like six or seven weeks and yeah. I was always funny and made sure to be engaging. But with that show, no one cares about it. Like one of the- No, re- old families care about it. Families care about it, but families aren't the ones buying tickets. Yeah. So- it's, it's a very flash-in-the-pan show, yeah. which is why every year they're not too sure if it's going to be commissioned again. It's not yeah. like Strictly where they know. But with Strictly, for example, you do Strictly, bloody hell is it a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you have Monday where you do press and, you, you know, you have six months after Strictly finishes where they're still talking about Strictly. Yeah. doesn't happen Dancing on Ice because it's such a unique niche sport. Nobody talks about it. Yeah. Remember, they used to do a tour. And yeah. the tour cancelled because no one brought tickets to it. Oh. So it's not, it's not, but it was nice to do three million people. And I'm a guy who likes to do random weird shit. So that kind of works for me. That's but, but, <laughs> but 
Um, in terms of uh, tickets, so, I mean, I've, I probably shouldn't be this honest. There's a couple of dates on my tour that have sold seven tickets. I've got, I've got venues that hold 350 to 400 people and they've sold seven tickets. When does the tour start? In a month. And, and I'll tell you another bit of honesty while I'm talking about ticket sales. 2019, after my tour, got nominated for best show up here. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, did the tour, we had to cancel a load of dates because again, lack of ticket sales. M- remember, obviously COVID happened. Yeah. I had just finished my last tour date was November, 2019. Yeah. Uh, December, January, February, March, we're in lockdown. Now I'm thinking to myself, there's no work. We're of course all in lockdown. What the fuck are we going to do? I'm panicking. I'm wondering about money. I've got money in the bank, which was good because I guessable. I had money in the bank because guessable pay has really been good to me. But I was like, oh, where am I going to get the money from? And in my head, I'm like, oh, I've got tour money coming. Yeah. Because even though we'd cancelled about 10 dates because we had to, I definitely, I did a week at Soho Theatre. That was good. I did a couple of dates. I did the Birmingham Small Room still and a couple of others, right? I did, I definitely did about 14 of the 25 dates. Yeah. Got in, my agent phoned me and goes, Darren, unfortunately, there's nothing. And I went, I went, what do you mean there's nothing? He went, all because of all the cancellations that we had to cancel certain tour dates and, the, and because you didn't sell enough, like it's not like you sold out everywhere, we, you've made no money from the tour. All the money that I would have made from Sofia was used to pay for all the venues, the cancellations, the last minute cancellations. Mate! So I made, in my 2019 tour, after being nominated at Edinburgh, having a good time, I made zero money. What do you think that is in relation to your social media well, and me, to tour and the tickets? Well, me and my agent, it's funny you said this, we got into it two days ago. Really? Yeah, because I told him everything that I've been pissed off about and how things... And he, 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 they are doing their best, but he even admitted there has been some sort of a disconnect yeah. for you and the audience in terms of ticket sales. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, I think I know what it is. It's, it's purely because I need to put... TV has been fine, but I'm not... I, I think I've been funny on TV and I've had a good time, yeah. but I'm not sticking I'm not I'm not having much of a lasting impression on people on TV like some people when they do TV they get into it immediately mm. and it just works it, they just immediately have this fire that just takes off some people it takes a little bit longer to get in mm. but the problem for me is because the sort of TV I do other than guessable I don't really get that many opportunities I, I sort of just appear on a show I'll appear on like you know Apprentice You're Hired or something like that but those shows aren't going to stick for you know making a long lasting impression yeah so um I know it's all social media so literally the reason why I brought I spent thousands on a podcast studio I brought all this stuff I've got all this stuff is because I'm uh, uh, you know ring lights to make videos is because I'm like okay I just have to go socials and that's just really that's really saddening to hear that the day and I'm finding the same thing that how in order for me to like be to have the ticket sales that because people well, they might production were talking about four months ago yeah. about touring the show. Yeah. And I was like, no. Yeah. Because, I, I respect that. Because I was like, no one's gonna come buy tickets to my show because no one cares about me. Like yeah, I'm I, funny, I work my ass off. Um the, sh- the show, like Edinburgh is doing really well. Five star review. Um, and two jokes in the newspaper, top 10. Jesus! And like, but at the beginning, like no one was coming to the show. It's only like since these reviews have come out mm. last since last week that how 
the show is like selling and packing. Yeah. And I don't think it's because of my name. I think it's because... it's You know, you're in a Scotsman yeah. or whatever it is and people come. And so I don't know, like post this, if I was to tour the show, if people are actually going to come. I would say, and I didn't want to tour this show. I'll tell you what made me tour, even after the heartbreak of what happened after my 2019 tour and how fucking annoyed and upset I was about, you know, the way it went. I thought it's been four years. Mm. There's been a lockdown. There's been COVID. I've done so much more TV. Mm. I've done. I've done a more. I, you know, I don't have a lot of followers on socials, but I've got more followers than I did back in 2019. Should be able to sell. I've literally sold about the same as 2019, if not worse, in some places. And I see that, and I go, okay, because uh, CK, my agent, was always asking me to tour, and I would say, I'm not touring. I'm not touring. No one cares. I've literally said this to him. I said, people just do not care. I am, we're comedians. We're the most self-aware people you can yeah. ever meet. We know each other. We know how we look on stage, because yeah. the way we write a joke, we know certain jokes ain't going to work because of how we fucking look. I know my worth. And um, I, and we, we, it's funny, we're talking about this, because we had a chat about this on the phone two days ago, and we spoke in person about it yesterday. Mm. And I said, I'm never touring again. Mm. because I'm not putting myself through this again. I can't, I can't, because, you know, I paid for, um, I paid for a uh, uh, proper photographer, yeah. uh, uh, Ray Bermanson, great. Arabelle Boyce, uh, amazing stylist. I, I got my own makeup artist. I got my, my uh, um, impressive for their mail. We hired out a nightclub for all my photos. So in a nightclub, you know, it's one of those like Oceana type rooms where there's like a cowboy room and, a, mm. and we had different outfits. I had, you know, it was a proper shoot for this big tour. Yeah. It's for me, that's quite like disheartening as a, like <clears throat> someone who, for me, neither Apollo was the like, not having got nominated last year. Obviously, last year was the biggest year for debuts last year. So I wasn't even in a hairspace that was going to get nominated. Was it? Yeah, it was. Oh. Because don't forget, pandemic happened, and then oh, everybody's got their everybody's got their shows. Everyone's got, everyone's to, got yeah. their debut. So we sure. all debuted, didn't we, last year? That's a good point. But um, but then finding out that I got live at Apollo the same week was probably the biggest thing, and I wasn't going to have an agent. After that, didn't it? Can we talk about that? That <laughs> oh, do we have to talk about it? Because uh, it's so I, I felt so bad, and I I messaged you about this, yeah, didn't yeah. I? And I, I I think I tried to put you in direction of agents and stuff. I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, so uh, Sakita was with, with the same agency as me, uh, Blue Book, who are amazing, and I love Blue Book. And um, obviously, you was with Helena. Yeah, shout out for Helena. years. Helena was your lead agent, and Helena uh, was deciding that she was leaving. She wanted to move on and do something else after because she was at Blue Book for nearly a decade. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I get it. But what made it very sort of awkward was you had just got live at the Apollo, and you knew she was going when you were doing Edinburgh. So I found out she was going. So obviously, we do Edinburgh in August. I found out she was going in June, and that was fine. Yeah. And I had asked the question. Well, what was this agency going to do with me yep. when you left? Fair. And she said they were not going to keep you. Or they're not going to keep you. And okay. I said, wow. and I said, fine. And you know what? At least she told you the truth. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot worse if she was like, oh yeah, they're going to keep you. And do it. and it was like, no, we're not going to we're not going to keep you. But th the one good thing of that, and I think it probably worked to your advantage, was you got to do Edinburgh, which is obviously smashed Edinburgh. Smashed Edinburgh, of course. And then you got to bring people in to watch a show because you knew you needed an agent anyway. But then you got live at the Apollo, which I'm sure you probably thought definitely wasn't going to happen because why would they push somebody who they're kicking out of the agency anyway? And then you got live at the Apollo and you had no agent. 
which to me is wild. Like if you do Live at the Apollo, you have an agent. Yeah. Or you have agents who want you because you're clearly a funny, valuable uh, showbiz comic, which is kind of what they want. So you did that knowing you didn't have an agent. Yeah, so that was the, the last day I actually probably saw Helena was at Live at Apollo. So she came with me because it was technically her last job that she had. So technically her last thing that she did for me yeah. was to get me that job. Jeez, the biggest job. Yeah. The biggest stand-up job you and can And I always will love her for that because she did rate me from the beginning. Yeah. She, and we were all kind of really sad that she left. Did you ever speak to Christian? What? Outside of when Helena was going? No. No. I guess, I'm, I mean, there was, quite, there was a lot of people who just sort of left. Yep. And were gone. Yep. And I guess so, because at the time, I think it was just him as an agent. So it would it would have been him with 30 acts or whatever it was at the time from mm-hmm. Helen's side. Which I think have... there was another issue as well that some people were not very happy with. What weren't they happy with? One of their signings. Oh, my gosh. Are we talking about what's their face? What, I can't remember what they're called. Are you yeah. all about the two guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did. It's fun. So basically, our agent signed um, two guys from a podcast. Who we both know. Who we both know. Uh, but I, I, I don't know the other guy. I don't know the... What, what, I can't remember that. Francis and... What's his Yeah, friend? Francis and Co- Constantine. I don't know Constantine. Never met him. Oh, you never met Constantine? Never met him. I only know him by his tweets, which is never a good sign. <laughs> uh, Francis, I, I have a lot of respect for, and I like Francis a lot, because we did the lunchtime club for... ZK, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm not too sure if they're still on the agency. I don't know. Maybe oh, they are. Really? Okay. I, I don't know whether they are. But um, yeah, so they're very controversial. They sort of right wing, you know, anti woke. If you, yeah. will. I hate that saying that word, but it just helps you. And they signed them. And I, me and CK spoke a lot about this because there was a couple of tweets that was put out, and I, I didn't say anything because here's the thing about me, Sikiza. I let comics be comics. I leave them alone. Yeah. I don't. I never tell comics what they can say. I leave them alone. Even if a comic's on stage and says something, and I go, "Are you out of your? Fu-? Leave them to it." Because other people will tell them, audience members. Because I, I, I just leave them to it. And I don't know what was said. There was some sort of tweet put on that might have came across a little bit racist. I think. And my agent wanted to double check with me if I was okay. And I said, "Listen, I don't. I, I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. Because he said people were unhappy about it. And I said, look, you just need to be careful because they do this a lot. So if you're going to back them, then back them. Yeah. But if you're not going to back them, then you're going to have to cut it off because like, it's their brand, yeah, which yeah. is being edgy. And they go against comics quite a lot. Yeah. They fight against comics. And I just said to him, just, you know, I'm, I'm not saying don't keep them on your books, but you're going to have to back them in the same way that you would back me yeah. if that happens. And I think that, actually, I think they are still on, on the I books. Said to, I said to my agent, Helena, at the time, because I, I think some of her acts were not, like, not happy about the situation. Yeah. I said to her, I, like, like you, comics or comics. Like, yeah. I don't, personally, I have no anything against them. Mm. They're lovely people, personally, because yeah. I've known them for years, especially Francis. Yeah, I like Francis. But outside, like the comedy-wise, obviously it's not something that I do, that kind of comedy. Yeah. But there's obviously a market for it. So I said to my agent, I completely understand from a business point of view yeah. why they signed them. So I was like, money? You can understand why they did that, yeah. money-wise. But I don't think... I'm, I, I mean, I, again, I haven't asked, but I'm pretty sure our agent at the time was not getting money from the podcast. 
because they do, yeah. he, uh, he, what they wanted to do when he told me this was we brought them on because we, this is what he said to me on the phone. We wanted to open them up a little bit. So we wanted to get like Owen Jones on the podcast and yeah. people like that. We didn't just want it to be all right wing people. Mm. We wanted to get him more sort of famous But don't forget, they got signed at the time when um, Nish Kumar's show on um, BBC just got cancelled. Oh, and was they going off about it online and... No, whatnot. but it's, it was around that time where there was oh. like BBC were like, we want to make things a bit more. I'm sure my agent would have thought about that as well. Exactly, maybe, yeah, it was maybe, around the same yeah. time. Okay, right, we need to get onto this now. Hold on, let's finish that. We'll finish that when we we'll, we'll come back to this. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, do, I have no problem with people being signed onto an agency. I, do, I I'm, you know, um, so you think some comics left because of that? Yes, I think one did. I remember my agent telling me that one person definitely said if they, if you sign them. We're not staying with on with you as well, which I I can respect them for keeping their feet in the ground, ten toes yeah. down, being real. Um, I don't again, I don't really, you know, it's not something that ever really bothers me. But he did he did double check with me on a, on a post, and I was like, look, and it's fine, I, you know, I don't, I, I'm not telling you how to run your business. Yeah, I'm just saying that obviously, if it all goes tits up, and you and you end up like getting rid of them it kind of plays into what they believe about showbiz anyway. Yeah, definitely. They'll be like, oh, of course, of course yeah. not, you know, the showbiz elite and I, stuff. I, I wasn't like that with, when they when they were like that. And it, I have no problem with like, the blue, I enjoyed being at Blue Book in general yeah. and stuff like that. Everyone was really great. The agency was great. Um, I don't think certain people at the agency rated me. So when I left and when Helena decided to leave and I, did, and I had no choice but to find a new agent, I was, it wasn't like I had a struggle. There was people... It was, the meetings were like, I was like, oh, people want to sign me. So yeah, was, you were signed up pretty quick. Yeah. You? You're with Ebden now? With Ebden. Holly. Holly and Steve. She's a good egg. Rap, 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 tomorrow. Rap, rap, rap. Did anybody else go to uh, um, Holly from after that? Ken's with them. Oh, is he? Ken. Oh, see, I miss the old stable, yeah. man. Yeah. You, Ken, yeah. and uh, so Helen. Helen. Helen's gone to IAM. Helen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, 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 yeah, she didn't want to stay. Um, Lily's gone. Has she? <laughs> Lily's gone. <laughs> you better check the website. Man. <laughs> check the website. It's just me and Mickey. Why is why is uh, most of Helena's acts? Wow. Are, are, have gone. Oh yeah, yeah. Andy's still Andy's still Blue Book. I think, yeah, Andy's I, I still Blue Book. Andy was just like the one. Yeah, Andy's still the one. But you know what? In your career, it's good if you can make that. It's your career is more important than than anything. Your career and how you see it is more important than even like the agency you're with. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to stay at the agency because I don't want to, you know, I want to support the agency. You're like, no, no, no. no, no if no. they're not supporting you. Yeah. Like, like what you said, that, what you said there was crucial where you went, I didn't feel like everybody at the agency rated me. Yeah. And if you feel like that, then get out. I did, you know, I, 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 speaking of sort of the shows that I've been on, I, I've had that where, like, okay, I'll give you another, oh, I'm really spilling all the tea and then we'll get into how annoying the I am. Outfit. <laughs> I, I did a I did a, a, a TV show, uh, one that you have mentioned, uh, okay. and it was at Love Island. Um, that was great, and I I was the new guy on the show. Mm. I, I'll just say it: it was Don't Head Players, mm. and uh, I was the new guy on the show. They saw me at Edinburgh. They came to my Edinburgh show, and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" And I did a bit about Kanye, and obviously it was a rap show, and that's literally how I got the show, essentially. And they were like, "We're thinking about getting you on to write for the show and da-da-da, and be maybe a guest," and they put me in a show, and obviously it was a big show. Yeah. I mean, it was it was hosted by Jordan, uh, Rizzle Kicks Jordan. There was me, and there was Lady Leisha as as, as regulars, and I know knew Lady Leisha from before. She always said she didn't know me, which fair. 
And then uh, there was Maya Jammer, and it was Amelia as well, uh, Dem Oldenburg, and we did, uh, and it was a big fucking mad rap show. Now, I didn't have Instagram when we started that. I didn't have it. So, this is true. <laughs> I joined Instagram in 2018 at the Fringe. I remember me and my friend Lucy uh, and a couple of us, and she went, you've got to join Instagram if you're going to be on this show. Because they said they were going to sign me on the show. And I went, oh, I probably should. So I joined Instagram. Now, bear in mind, I'm coming in as this nobody comedian on this show. No Instagram followers. Maya Jammer at the time had about half a million. Amelia had about half a million. I think Jordan had about 60. Um, and and, and uh, Lady Leisha had about 200,000. And I had like 300. <laughs> so I was on the show. <laughs> and and I, I did everything on the show. You know what it's like when you're a comedian, yeah. right? We turn up on time. We're eager to... Yeah. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> That's us. I remember doing a show. Everybody's late, except me, of course. I'm a comedian. People just turn up when they want. I get it. You're, you're, you're in different worlds. Your value's higher than mine on this show. I get it. I wrote jokes. I, 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 I teed everybody up. I made sure that I knew Leisha was quite quiet. So I would like say something to Leisha. say, do you want me to say... Blah, blah, blah. And I would tee Leisha up and go, Leisha, what was that you were saying about... Or I would tee up people. Because I, I, I'm, I'm the comic on the show. I know my role is to keep batting. Keep batting, keep batting, keep batting. Make sure everybody feels like they can uh, interact with each other. Mm. All the guests as well. So I learned very early on that I had to talk to the guests before we got on the show. As in, not like, hi, as in, hi, I'm Darren. I'm one of the regulars on the show. I know you don't know me. Uh, I'm, with, I'm on Leisha's team, 0121. We met jokes, da 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 And, uh, oh, I'm really impressed by your latest album, blah, blah, blah. I had to do that because I did a joke one time. There was a guy on the show called Notes, yeah. a rapper, and I did a joke at him. And I didn't, go, I didn't give him the sort of greeting beforehand. And he just went, that's not funny. And I went, whoops. <laughs> I went, I know why he did that. Because I've made a joke at him, but he doesn't know who I am. And I haven't even introduced myself properly. So I learned very early on, go up to everybody beforehand and show them you're a person and tell them your role. And that really helped me on Love Island as well. Because I did that when I did After Sun. I went up to all the people and I made sure that I was really nice to them. Um, anyway. Hey, Love Island, hook me up. Uh, we got Tanya. I know Tanya's killing it on there. Um, I So... On this show, every now and again, the host would make a joke. Now, I like Jordan. Mm. Jordan, I can't remember his surname now, from Rizzle Kicks. But he would make jokes about my lack of followers in the studio. Mm. He would go, nah, come on. Because like, he's, he's a great host and talented guy and all that stuff. But he would keep making jokes about my lack of followers. And he's one of those guys who, when he's around comedians, he can get a little bit, I want to say annoying. But he would, he, 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 would, like, he would make old jokes to Dane, and Dane don't like that. Yeah. Dane, Dane would go along with it, but you know, Dane's a guy who's like, you know, who, you know, he wears tracksuits and he, he presents a lot younger than he is, mm. but he would call Dane old on the show. And I knew that, like, you know, I, I'd think to myself, stop doing that. Because Dane, Dane looks as young as everybody else on the show. Yeah. And it's not like old, old. It's not like old. It's like in his late 30s. But he would do stuff like that. And he kept making jokes about like, oh, nah, seriously though, guys, Darren's got no followers, man. Like, he needs followers, da 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 And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> you know. Anyway, first series is done. I think it went well. I think I was funny. I wrote jokes on the show. And every now and again, he would get given a joke to read off the teleprompter. Now, I can't really blame him because it was his first time hosting the show. But he would, every now and again, he'd read a joke, 
Blah, 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 blah. Nah, man, this is like, but what is this? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, no, you're reading it wrong. That's not that, like, it's a, like, but he did. I don't think he knew it was written by me. I think he just knew it was written by, I think he just thought it was written by some sort of bored sort of white guy staff. Yeah. Anyway, I end up finding out that they don't want me back. Me and Amelia got sent back. Um, Amelia's role. Well, I think came to my show the other day, apparently. I did see her up here. Shout out. Yeah, she probably did. Amelia is somebody who I understood why her role wasn't going to be on the show. Because she would interview people after the show and it just took too much time. It was, there was no point of it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I mean, she's killing it now. Yeah. So she's killing it then. Um, but I, I was told to let, let go. Now, when, when I'm told to let go, and they didn't know until they got there as well. And like, I remember London Hughes phoned me and was like, where are you? And I was like, oh yeah, they got rid of me. And all of this sort of stuff. Thinking of just not rating you, I, I'm not saying that my work on the show was great overall or really good. But I definitely worked harder than everybody else because I had to, because I know my role. I had to write jokes for everybody. When you've got somebody who is actively saying he's got no followers, yeah. he's he like what like to all the people in the in the in the uh, you know in the, the the gallery and whatnot watching it, they're like, well, why are we paying this guy? Yeah. When you've got the host of the show who is saying on numerous occasions, yo, this guy's got no followers, man. And this is a show based around followers. It's all about clout and being cool and hip hop and all that sort of stuff, which I know really well. Let's talk about the outfit. The outfit? What do you mean? What's wrong with my outfit? So, uh, so me... obviously Darren's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> ah, Darren, Darren came back to the fridge all like, you know what I'm going to do? Ugh, okay, let me, okay, let me explain. Let me explain for audio listeners because <clears throat> I'm wearing zebra print trousers. These are zebra print trousers. Wearing... White, these are the white zebra print trousers, just to clarify. Because yes, we're gonna yeah. get to the white zebra well. print, like African zebra. Yeah. These, the, uh, this is like a top that is like pink and it's got lines on it. It looks kind of like a tree, but it's like brown with um, spray cans on. It's very bright. There's a lot of colors. There's no dark like colors. Everything's quite, it's quite bright and in your face. Very heavy pattern. For example, I could not wear this stuff on TV. Yeah, because then he's also wearing a hat, which is <laughs> zebra print. I forgot about this. There's, yeah, the check. Is it zebra print? Or is it, it cheetah? Yeah, it's like a cheetah zebra cheetah, print. Cheetah, cheetah zebra print, but obviously it's in like a tan slash black. And then obviously Darren decided he was going to dye his mustache blonde. So, <laughs> uh, two reasons. One, I wanted to dye my mustache. Um, and the second reason I dyed my mustache is because this is the first fringe I've ever had where I've not been mixed up as any other black comedian. Because <laughs> they don't be here for half the run. So, I, yeah. I <laughs> stayed here half the run. Uh, I'm telling you now, Siki, I swear on my life, I've never done a fringe where I haven't been confused as one of the black comedians. And I know all the black comedians are up here at the minute. I know, I know who they all are. And I know for a fact, I would have been called Emmanuel bag of times. Yeah, yeah, that would have happened. Uh, but I've had people come up to me and go, no, you're definitely Darren because you've got the moustache. And that makes me go, yeah, you would have you would have got me. I've had a few people say that. So I am very, very proud uh, to have this moustache at the fridge because I've not been mixed up as anybody else for the first time. Are you going to dye it back when you return back to London? I'm going to have it at Carnival. I'm going to keep it at Carnival and then because uh, it's lasted a lot longer than I expected. I mean, viewers at home who are watching this, please can you just comment whether you think this is a great decision? <laughs> because I saw this, what, day two? 
Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I saw you day two. Yeah, or you day might three. Day, day two, one. But what I like about Sakisha <laughs> is because we've got it's that black thing where, like, I I'll say this: I fucking hate black people who perm their hair, like men who have perm their hair straight with yeah. like curtains, or like wear blue contact lenses and all that sort of oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I hate that when black men do that. So I can completely understand if someone says this and they have the same level of hatred for me, trying to be a bounty. I, I get it. I can understand that anger coming no, I didn't from think them. you were. I just thought you were having a midlife crisis. But right? I am. <laughs> and, and I'm I black like, as well. My midlife, as I'm 35, <laughs> 70, is, yeah, that's it. I'm, that's, old, that's OAP. I was like, Darren's come back to the fringe. <laughs> and already the second day, he's like, fuck this, I'm dying much mustache. I have not been mixed up as any other black comedian at the fringe. And I'm having, literally, I remember the awards in 2019. Yeah. Do you have any idea how many people, I think it was me, I think Kwame was up, Michael Adewale was mixed up all the time. Oh, no, yeah. Kwame, I don't think Kwame was nominated, but people kept coming up to him going, oh, congrats, congrats on your newcomer nomination. It was Michael Adewale. Uh, even one, one comic who's not white did that. Oh, wow. Yeah. One comic who's not right, and I, I don't really want to say her name, because it's bait, but yeah, and <laughs> and Kwame is so nice. You just said, "Oh, thank you so much." <laughs> oh no, it's so nice. You didn't say. You just said, "Oh, thank you so much." It happens. This is why representation oh. is important at the fringe. I know. I think that's. I think that's. Probably the biggest. You're lucky thing. there's no other black women up here doing. Sta- how many black women are doing stand up up here? There's only three. Who's the, who's the other? It's Jambi and there's two African women up here. Oh, um, what's her name? Is it the, the yeah? I know which one you're talking about. Doing the AA, the AA stand up. Yeah, but she was also doing her own solo show. Oh, I'm surprised you haven't had. You haven't been mixed up as one of them yet. No, because they both got Afro hairs. <sighs> I mean, I've I'm been very mixed- glad that Athena's not up because when I went to <sighs> Wells last year, we did the same. We did a showcase. Um, and we were on this. She was in the first section. I was yeah. in the second section. And then in the interval, I went outside, and a man came up to me and was like, "Hey, that was a great set that you did." I was like, "Hey, that wasn't me." And he was oh. like, and "Then this is what he said." He went, "Oh no, but it was. It was you. <laughs> it was you. It actually. was you. Yeah, because I'm the crazy one. It's who- bad. It honestly, it 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 it's really bad. I I do 99 gigs and 99 club." Uh, the reason why I love it so much is they do not give a crap about whether they have more than one black person on a bill. Like, I've done bills before where the whole lineup has been black, including yeah. the host. It'd be me, Marlon, Nathan, hosted by Prince Abdi. Yeah. Wild. Like, you, I don't see that. And the amount of times I turn up to their gigs and someone comes up to me and goes, oh my God, you were so funny. And I'm like, was his name Nathan or Marlon? Which one was on? And they go, huh? And I go, no, no, you've got me mixed up with the other. And I'm like, how do you even know that I'm a comedian when I've just walked into the venue yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've just come up to me? The wor- it's worse when it's Marlon because Marlon's got like plaques in his hair. Yeah. I'm trying to get bold. <laughs> you know what gets me? How are you watching a show for an hour? Yeah. And then at the end of the hour, you don't, you've took in none Nothing, of the... Nothing, none of the looks, none of the extinctions. That's what, that's what really got me. I'm like, okay, you watched, you watched uh, Kwame for an hour. Who's nothing like me and sounds nothing like me at all. And he was um, a doctor. He's yeah, his he's, doctor is Ghanaian. He's he, he's talk, he has the best bedside manner of any person ever. Our jokes are very different. We don't we don't have the same accent. It's crazy. And he's got hair. And you you watch Kwame, and in my head I'm like, Kwame is so funny that they did not notice that he had any discernible facial features. 
They just saw a blank black spot and they went, well, that could just be anyone. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this is the first fringe I've not been mixed up with any other black comedian. And it's purely because of this. Well, obviously, everyone knows that this is Darren who's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> Stop saying that. It's true. I, I, you know what I really like? When I first popped up with it, everybody, oh, I love this, I love this. Sakis has been the only person, <laughs> and it was the only black person as well, who went in hard immediately and went, I don't like this. What are you no, doing? No, I didn't say I didn't like you this. You said something to that effect. Could it, I literally went, why? <laughs> and you know what it hurts for? Because she's black. And out of, everybody's, out of everybody's opinion, obviously when it's a black person who says that, you respect it more, especially when it hurts. And you go, because I heard her say that and I went... Oh, man, my family's <laughs> going to really give me some shit for this. No, I'll tell you what it was. It's because it came out of nowhere. Literally, literally <laughs> the day before, I was like, let's just give it a go. It just came out of nowhere. And like, it just, because it's, it's like this bit as well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's <laughs> so it just, it kind of makes me feel like you should be like a, like a cowboy film or something. You know how they bring it out, okay. the, the black cowboy films and stuff like they that. They love black cowboy films at the <laughs> minute. Exactly. They're obsessed with that. Yeah. I feel like you should be one of those. I don't know what it is. I will, I, I will take that. Yeah. I will happily take yeah. the cowboy role, the whole coat. It is very like confederacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm sort of uh, holding myself back, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> the confederacy. It's, a, it's an interesting look. I'm very interested to see how it's going to go down in London. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I've currently got this style in Edinburgh at an arts festival. Yeah, so it's and fine. you walk, you, you know, you walk around and you just see like people with like you know devil horns put in their hair and, and it's normal. People so wearing kilts all the time. People, it's fine. yeah, people, yeah, kilts with nothing on underneath. And but I feel like in London when I'm going into Sainsbury's and I'm grabbing my fruit, like how's that going to go down? I think if anything, it's going to make actually it might help you with your social media. And you're, you think so? Yeah, I feel is like it, people this, recognize this... you more to be like, ah, oh, that's that's Darren. That's that. That's that. Maybe that's maybe that's where I'm going wrong yeah. with, with my social. Media. Maybe you should do. Maybe you should start dyeing yours like blonde on the ends. Keep the light red in, but then dye it blonde on the ends like uh, SoundCloud rappers. You know, <laughs> you know all the rappers with their dreads, they dye it all blonde at the end. <laughs> 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 no. I'm all right, thank you. Okay. is good. No, but you've already got a unique look. I think. Also, I think being a black woman in stand-up in this country is unique enough as it is. Yeah, there's not many of us. Because because the the ones who were, the ones who were here all go. So like. Oh, you mean abroad? Like Andy Osho, um, my girl. What's her name? Well, Andy, Hughes. Andy is presenting now. More She's than like an actor. Yeah, but she, but she was killing it here. Yeah. And then she just like she was like the first black woman I saw other than uh, Jeannie Ashere uh, to do really well, and then she just disappeared. And then um. Ava Vidal as well was another one who was doing really well and then she had her issues and she stopped and then she'd come back and I feel like right now the only ones who are really in this country still doing stand-up hard are you, Sophie, Sophie um, even like even like Kima's like up and down with, you know, Kima likes to take I breaks. just think like now in this day and age when we're like, when we talk, especially when we're talking about Edinburgh and the diversity, yeah. there isn't, like people... I did a showcase the other day. Oh, the one that you did afterwards, me. Do you remember we turned up because you were headlining? Yes, I was on yeah. before you. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. And then Stuart Goldsmith, who was hosting, was like, oh, we're plugging your show after you do your set. And we was looking through what shows you're doing in Edinburgh. And why are you doing all, them fucking, all of the fucking ones? I was like, it's because um, I'm one of the only black females that can MC in Edinburgh. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Who else is there as a black female MC? In Ed- not no, here. in Edinburgh, yeah. It's just you. It's just me. Are you, are you hosting a lot of these shows? I'm hosting. I, so I was hosting, so you think, 
think you're funny. I'm hosting Spank <laughs> twice. Oh my, you are. This is what I'm I a said. full-time hosting. I'm hosting Spank four times this month. Um, you are a worker of it. I'm hosting man. Assembly Best of the Fest twice. Um, yeah. I've hosted quite a few, and obviously on the showcases, the main ones as well. But you, you do a lot of hosting in London as well. Do you like hosting? I do. I've, I'm very much like banter. Yeah. So I'm very much back and forth in the banter, and it's easy. I don't like the whole the fact you have to be there the whole night. Ah, oh, that's the only thing that fucks me off hosting. Yeah. Oh, this is my whole Saturday? Yeah. Where are you going? I've got another four more gigs today. Oh, well, enjoy the cash, dick. Yeah. So like I enjoy like comedians and yeah. stuff like that because they're nice and fun. But it's the fact that you have to be there the yeah. whole time. I think about that like Kiri as well. Like like Kiri's another one who's just like she's the the host. Yeah. Like you never see Kiri doing spots anywhere, and she's just hosting all the time, and it's crazy. Shame is delicious. Sakisa, give us uh, uh, before we go, tell us what you're doing for uh, what you got planned for the autumn winter. You going on tour? Anything like that? We're debating. No, I won't be on tour. I'm looking. Probably a London date, maybe? Yeah, I would. It would be probably spring. I think I'm going to have a rest. I was meant to go home to Barbados in November. Jeez. And see what happens. After the French, I was meant to go to Benador, but my friends cancelled on me, so we're oh. not going to Benador. Do something, though. Go I know, somewhere. I know. I've got like four days off when I come back. So Yeah, like, get yourself a break, man. Yeah, I need to have like a little rest just to recoup from the Edinburgh. Um, what's your socials? Tell people your socials, man. You can find me at Sakisa Comedy or. Um, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, at Freds, and... Fred. 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 Uh, check her out on all the socials because she's uh, she posts loads of video clips. She's always doing some stand-up, some hosting uh, clips. Really funny. Uh, yeah, you can find us. Of course, Shame is Delicious on all socials. Give a like and subscribe. You can find me at Darren Harriet. See you later. Shame is delicious. Shame is delicious. Making bad decisions. Shame is delicious.